Hello and welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who has experienced a significant pivot or change in life. Today we sit down with Dror Cedar, who is one of the co-founders of a company called Lumen. Now I came across Lumen a couple months ago and I was really impressed because it's truly one of a kind type of technology. It is a device and an app that measures your metabolism in just one breath. And being the health and nutrition geek that I am, I had to find out more. And as I did more digging and research into Drawer's past, I learned that he had a bunch of pivots that he learned from to get him where he is today as a co-founder of this company. Now, we talk a lot about Lumen because it's an amazing device, but he also shares a lot about his background. And I think that he has a lot of wisdom that you guys are going to benefit from. So if you want to find out more about Drawer and his company Lumen, you can find his information in the show notes down below. And Drawer was generous enough to give you, the listener, a $25 discount on his Lumen product. If you go to lumen.me and use code redirected25 at checkout, I'll include the link down below. And if you haven't yet, please give the show a rating and a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to. Let's go ahead and jump into this one with Drawer Cedar. Drawer, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I understand you're half a world away in Israel. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Hey, well, I'm so excited to, to have this conversation with you. Um, having come across your product is kind of how we first got introduced. And then uh, doing the research on your background, I've been so impressed. You've been in so many different, you've been involved in so many different companies and your, your resume speaks for itself. But I always like to start off the show, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing where you grew up, what the context was like, maybe what your parents did, just so we have an understanding of your background. Sure, sure. So first, happy to be here. Awesome, actually. So I, I grew up in, in uh, the north of Israel um, in a place called Tivon, uh, which is kind of a suburbia, um, villagey place. And so I grew up there as a child. I'm, I'm the younger of three brothers. So I have two older brothers, one eight years old and one four years older than me. Um, at some point, we moved to Boston to um, Massachusetts. My father was teaching at MIT. Um, so we kind of moved there for a little bit, came back, and continued growing up at the same place. Had a wonderful childhood, I have to say. Um, a lot of things happened. Um, some challenges here and there, like, <laughs> like anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I used to fly a lot as a kid. Um, always was my father. He would teach continued teaching at MIT and, and Berkeley and other places. So I would fly to the US quite a lot with him. Um, and then after that, I went to the army. So in Israel, the army is compulsory. You have to go for three years. Um, it's one hell of an experience that builds you up. Like I can't even explain from, from your cushy, cushy little home to the army. Um, it's something else. <laughs> so I definitely got built up there, a lot of my character. And usually in Israel, what you do, most of the people after you finish the army, you take like a gap year. So usually work, earn a little bit of money. I did a lot of weird stuff, um, um, working from, from factories to beaches, whatever I could grab, I, I would work at. Um, and then I just traveled around the world. I stayed in New York for a bit. I lived like six months in New York and Manhattan, the city. And then I just traveled in, in New Zealand and Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia and so on. That's where I actually with my, met my wife. That, oh. Yeah. In um, Cambodia? In, in Thailand, actually. She, I, I was meeting a friend of mine um, who was coming from India and said, you know, I met these really two nice English girls. And he said, you know, I was thinking to travel with them all together. I told him, you're nuts. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> we haven't seen each other for a year. We want to bring girls yeah. now. Anyway, and uh, one of them is my wife currently. <laughs> wow. When, when, I, when I hear your background story, you know, your father being a professor, you doing world travels and, and having so many different experiences, sounds like I'm kind of getting, you know, I love studying the background of like Elon Musk or, uh, you know, Nikolai Tesla, all these different people. Um, Einstein it's like wow we got it. we have a making of a genius here uh what did your father what did your father teach at MIT so um and that's like civil engineering and uh, mostly transportation oh, so geez. he's about how to optimize all like all the 
public transport and transportation around the world. So he, he advises, that's why it's, he's all around the world in, in China and Japan and Australia, Europe, the US, flying most of the time, actually. Tell them to make a stop by uh, Atlanta, Georgia, or Los Angeles, California. I feel like I feel like there's some transportation issues that need to be solved there. But fun <laughs> fact, actually, I uh, I studied civil engineering at Vanderbilt, which is where I studied, and um, and I took a lot of transportation classes. Uh, I didn't really catch the bug to do it professionally afterwards, but um, it is it's important. I just there was a bunch of co- classes about like concrete and you know, like counting the traffic flow on a street just to make sure that you got, there's so many nuances and you're like, I don't know if I actually want to do this, but hats off to your dad for solving the world's problems. Maybe, maybe one of the most annoying problems, but um, how did you, so, so you, you served in the Israeli army. I'm curious, what were the takeaways of that experience? You mentioned that it was like a, a rude awakening in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but how, how might that have shaped you as you moved forward? It shaped me a lot um, because when you go to the army, your freedom is taken and it's something that you, you, you suddenly understand in one go, right? You can go anywhere. You can, you can go, you can decide, you know, I'm going out of the room today. I'm, I'm going outside. I'm going for a run. Maybe today it's, it's different. <laughs> it's a different time for, yeah. for different people around the world. But, but specifically when you just started the army, suddenly in one go, your freedom is cut. Mm. You've been told what to do, especially in the beginning during training. And, and I think that was a shock. That kind of built me up. It completely stressed me, put me into structure, and make me appreciate a lot of the small things, sleeping sleeping you know as a as as a person who's been traveling the world was a teenager sleeping is granted you want to sleep you sleep yeah so so a lot of yeah go ahead are are you describing you describing parenthood or the army and not not, i haven't gotten a lot of sleep since we've had our six-month-old baby now it's like sometimes i i feel like i could i could use a rest every now and then but I'm kidding. It's I, unfair. <laughs> no, I, I completely get you. I, I have I have a five year old and a ten months old, and so com- yeah. I completely feel you. <laughs> uh, but but the army is definitely different. They're like telling you you have six hours to sleep every night, wow. and, and and you just use the time. You go back home after two weeks, and you just sleep. Doesn't matter in what position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. It really strengthened my character and make me appreciate a lot of the small things in life. And it also, it also taught me that I can achieve almost anything. And, and that was something I learned in the Army. Um, so I, in the Army itself, I was um, uh, an interrogator in the Criminal Investigation Division. Um, so basically, I had to solve quite complex cases. And, mm. and I learned that eventually I can find whatever I want. So it's like, if, if you put your mind to it, you'll crack it. Um, it could take some time. And, and it, it wasn't easy at the beginning, but after you, you, you're able to do it one time, second time, um, it actually sunk in for the rest of my life. Like today, I don't be like anything you want to do or achieve or get to a person or talk to. You'll do it if you decide you really want to do it. What was the what was the catalyst of unlocking that mentality? Because I feel like I feel like I've been slowly coming to that realization, but it's taken probably like six mentors over the course of five years just hammering like these different characteristics and, and their thought processes. But what was it for you that really kind of allowed you to to think like that? So I think it starts with when, when you're in the army, you, you, need, you need to show results. It's like, I need to bring the results. There is no choice. And, and, and specifically when I had all kinds of cases I had to, to take and, you know, complex intelligence stuff. And, and, you know, I had to find out who were these people at this specific time. So eventually you just start using your logic and, and eventually you find, okay, this is what I need to do. You kind of dismantle it. 
I need to do A, B, C, D. What's the easiest route to do it? We'll start with A. That doesn't work. B. That doesn't work. C. Mm. And, and eventually, you just push whatever it is to make it happen. And usually, D is the option that's more complex, right? You need to reach president. <laughs> but, but for example, I'm, I'm being obviously extreme, but, but I think that's what taught me that everything is possible. It just, it might take longer. It might be more sophisticated. It might, it might, mm. you know, be difficult, but you can do it. Um, so it's time and resources eventually. And that's, that's what it draw, like comes down to. Uh, my follow-up question is, since you're the interrogator between us two, why, why am I the one asking you the question? That's what I'm trying to figure out. But <laughs> um, I, uh, I was listening to a recent interview with Dan Crenshaw, who is a U.S. Navy SEAL, and you kind of mentioned um, the discipline aspect and, and not being able to sleep, not like having restricted freedoms um, and how the Army forces you into that or serving whatever military uh, or, or, you know, national service that, that you're in uh, forces you into that. But once you, once you're out of that, the value of, as he said, the, the self-imposed suffering is so um, it's so valuable where, you know, whether it's waking up an hour earlier and getting a workout or uh, my grandpa used to take cold, like cold showers just to kind of wake him up and, and jar him like that. Uh, but there's like a handful of things that are on a spectrum of sacrifice. And I just thought that was such a valuable insight of it's, it's almost like a competition of, you know, whoever can, whoever can restrict their own freedom by their, by their own free will, the most is going to almost have the most success. It feels like, because it's, it's that discipline that you have day in and day out of like, Hey, I'm going to defer this gratification uh, to a later date, you know? Um, so I think that the military does a fantastic job at that. I think sports maybe to a lesser degree, that's my experience um, that, that kind of ingrained it in me playing high school, college, and then professional football. It's like, you know, you have a coach telling you ingraining in these like daily disciplines in you. Um, and so I think that's a fantastic Thing to, to I, take I, I couldn't forward. agree more. I have to yeah. say I couldn't agree more. I, I didn't mention this, but um, as a teenager, I um, I played badminton, so I was okay. um, I was actually Israel champion in badminton. Whoa, um, drawer! I see you, boy. <laughs> Give a little flex on him right there. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that just I think those experiences as a kid shaped me a lot because when you're like you know you're in the final. And there's like, it's not a huge crowd. It's not an NBA crowd. It's still badminton in Israel, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, and, and you're in that moment and you need to be in that zone of every little thing you do counts and you don't need to think about anything. And I'm sure you're experiencing this so much more than me as a kid. Um, that kind of really gives you the discipline that you mentioned. It really structures your mind to put yourself in a very specific moment and just focus on one thing. And I couldn't agree more. I think, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's super powerful. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned you took your, your like gap year almost after the army, you said you tried to, to do anything and everything. Um, what, what was the, the transgression of, tell us the trajectory of, of how you got to where you are now. So you've, you've gotten involved in a lot of different things. I'd love to kind of get a brief synopsis of that before we start talking about what I'm so excited about today. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to do it short because there's, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot in there in between, yeah. but, but overall I, I finished, I finished kind of the gap year. I came back to Israel, started studying in university. Um, I studied uh, business and entrepreneurship um first day of, of school i sat down um, next to my partner until today uh, called daniel um kind of got friends and just kind of during during the first year of school very naively we said you know the internet is amazing we really should do something in the internet there's so much potential <laughs> to reach millions of people spoiler alert <laughs> he was right <laughs> 
And, and, and what's funny is we, we did it in such a naive way. Um, and we pretty much, we said, hey, let's do something. And we started our first company, uh, which was called Jungle. We built kind of a search engine where people can search, you know, the top website and all kinds of specific verticals. And we did tons of mistakes, so many mistakes building that. I can't even start. And, and we worked on it for more than a year and a half, not even launching it, you know, fighting on the smallest features, those really stupid things that you can imagine, always kind of convincing ourselves, you know, we don't have enough. We need to have more features and more of that. Yeah. And, and it's just unbelievable how we stretched ourselves with this. And, and eventually we, we launched it in a, in a conference in, in, uh, in San Francisco. Uh, it was called the TechCrunch 50 um, at the time. And, and we kind of found out that people literally don't care about what we built. <laughs> oh, no. And, but... We had a small UI glitch. Um, it was like a small white space in, in, in the product itself, in the web. And they asked us, what is this? And we just made things up. We said, this could be anything. This could be, you know, kinds of services and apps. Anything you want, you can put in there. And they went, ooh, this is super exciting. And, um, and we had another partner named Avi, which is still with us today. He was waiting in Israel for the feedback. And we came back and we told him, hey, we're ditching this company. We're building the white space. <laughs> and, and then eventually we, we, we actually changed it. We built our second company, uh, which was called Wibia. And so it was kind of a platform for web publishers to integrate services and apps into their sites and, and a click, just like you add to your phone today apps. So we can enable any, any website out there to do that. Wow. Um, we still did tons of mistakes we try to minimize them but we still did a lot of them we, we still do by the way we just we're in a different phase of embracing you know that what we're doing wrong and and overall it grew really fast we can reach about 280 million users globally we had um, half a million publishers like all the big all the big brands in the u.s and europe um, and eventually the company was acquired um, by another company, um, forty-five million dollars. Um, nice. Kind of, which was uh, which was definitely a life-changing event financially. Um, I have to say, um, I'm saying financially because that's that's the main thing. Life continues as is. Besides having a bit more confidence financially. Mm. Um, so that was, that was, that was that. And then we stayed another kind of me, Daniel and Avi two and a half years in the company that acquired us, um, kind of built another business that made dozens of, of millions of dollars for this company. Um, and eventually they completely changed strategy after two and a half years. We, we kind of even finished our vesting, we kind of stayed six months more than we needed in the new company. And they merged with a public company and, and changed their strategy, and, and we left. Um, and there, kind of, we took a few months off. We started to think, what do we want to do next? And in parallel, in the last year we were there, um, something started to, to cook at Daniel's house. Um, and actually, this is where the story gets interesting. This is where it connects to Lumen. So... So Daniel's wife, her name is Michal, and, and her twin sister is called Merav. They're identical twins. And they were doing their PhDs in cardiac arrhythmia and genetics. They studied nutrition. Um, they're amazing sportswomen. So they did like four Ironman and ultramarathons. Insane stuff. It's painful for me just to think about that. <laughs> oh, man, no joke. <laughs> And, and they were doing actually so well that they were really trying to think, you know, how, how can we actually help others you know, do what we do? And they, and they did some insane stuff from measuring themselves in labs and what they're eating and, what they're, and how they're training. And, and eventually they came up with, with this concept of, of measuring metabolism. And they said, you know, if we can measure metabolism, um, 
we can actually find out a lot about the human body. And, and at that time, it took about, I think, 45 minutes, an hour, even today, to do a measurement. Um, and then they came to Daniel and kind of told him, hey, we're going to do a lot of research about this in the academia. And he challenged them. He told them, if you want to change something, if you really want to help something, and some people, try to think of a solution. And, and then at that time, kind of in parallel, me, Daniel, and Avi were thinking, what do we want to do next? And, and we started kind of analyzing all the different segments and spaces. And the space that was interesting the most for us was the digital health space. And, mm. and it's actually for, for a few reasons. One, it's completely changing the space, like, ridic like ridiculously. From, you know, we can measure our weight at home. Maybe today we have activity trackers and see our activity, but that's it. To, you know, in, in 10 years, you, you're going to have a, a home lab, like completely 100%. From doctors telling us generic solutions to our problems, Googling them, not looking at your own personal, you know, personal history. Um, to actually understanding what fits you, your unique body, your unique lifestyle, um, and, 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 and other different parameters. So we saw this is super interesting. And um, also we saw that the space itself, business-wise, you know, kind of the lifetime value of consumers um, is very high. Mm. And there's a lot we can help. There's a lot we can actually reduce even costs for these people. And the third thing is, it's a bit more personal, but... It, it's like a space that you can do good and do well at the same time. Mm. Um, and we all have different issues from health. My mother was pre-diabetic. Daniel's health was up and down. And Avi had his own issues as a child. So, so we kind of we merged with, with, with Michal and Rav. And actually, they came, they came up to us. And they said, you know, we have this idea about measuring metabolism. And we told them, you're nuts, go away. <laughs> you want to reinvent science and, and innovate and, and, you know, hardware. There's enough challenges for companies as is. And, and they actually were very convincing. Like these, these, like these women are, are just phenomenal. And, and they, they explained to us how it's possible maybe to do it in a couple of breaths. And we said, you know what? Okay. But let's ask you a question. How does this change behavior? Because the most challenging thing out there is changing behavior. It doesn't matter what you do. If you measure something or if you decide to do something, changing your behavior, that's the challenge. And then they started explaining us pretty much how it can and how it has short feedback loops. Um, and then we were kind of convinced and just to explain what's a short feedback loop. So for example, let's say me and you, let's say we're both healthy people and let's say both of us drink apple juice, which is kind of, it's, it's sugar from fruit, it's fructose. I would expect after 30 minutes, 50 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes to see a spike in our bodies uh, to shift to using more carbs for producing energy because when it, when we have it in the system the body prefers to use it somebody who's who's not healthy maybe he's pre pre-diabetic pre has some insulin resistance maybe has some mitochondria issues in his cells you wouldn't see that spike he could be stagnating or just going a little bit up so just by measuring after 30 minutes of just drinking apple juice um, you can already see the impact on your body and that's when we were convinced and and kind of started the journey, which was, we started it six years ago, more, six and a half years ago. Mm. Time flies. <laughs> wow. That is a fantastic story. I, um, man, you've done a lot. It's so interesting to see how you went from the army to technology uh, to now like this kind of I don't know. How do you how do you categorize Lumen? Is it like a, a health tech? It's it's health and wellness tech. Um, so it's huh. it's it it's still not in in diagnosing diseases or or actually 
even treating people with diseases yet. Yeah. And that's something we're doing research and design, but we're still kind of in the wellness health tech. So I have a, a history in this space as well. Um, as I was struggling in and out of the NFL, I actually joined an angel investment group and we did, uh, we did a lot of research because the, sp- the, the health and wellness tech space uh, was so interesting to us. It was kind of a group of athletes. And so we went to conferences like the MIT um, uh, Sports and Innovation Conference to, to see what was up and coming. And um, also playing in the NFL, like everything is, is measured. And I just found myself so, so addicted to measuring these things for myself. Not, not so that I could just, you know, check all my stats all day, every day, but so that I could gather you know, months, weeks and months and years of data to see how I'm progressing and to, to make decisions based off of that information. And so whether it's sleep or, you know, the, the step and fitness tracker, or my heart rate is a big thing for me. Um, when I came across Lumen, I was like, I was like, okay, interesting. I want to know what this is about because I've never seen anything like this that measures your metabolism in such like a, a tangible you know, really measurable way. And, uh, and so I got it. I was skeptical at first. And then I, I did the breathing calibration and I don't know. Hey, can I ask you a question about it, by the way? Cause yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, think I maxed, I think I maxed it out on, on the lung capacity, or at least that's what I'm trying to convince myself. Is it maxed out at 4.9 liters? That's possible. That's yes. possible. <laughs> so, all that matters, drawer, is that you gave me a leg up on my wife. We're very competitive, and we measured each other's lung capacity. She was at two point nine five. I, I think I maxed it out, and so um, th- thanks for giving me a, a mark in the, in the win column. But it I is have so to check cool. with the, I have to check with the team now. Maybe you broke the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to. It's probably not true. So don't don't blast me like that. But. Um, it's so it's so cool how it how it's such a really low cost of of time and effort. Um, I actually found it enjoyable because it it became almost like a part of my morning routine. Um, a couple months ago, drawer on a side note, I passed out in our weight room. I was it was an early morning workout and I didn't have nutrition enough. I didn't have enough sleep, and so I I was lifting and it was too much weight to begin with. And so I passed out. And so ever since then, I've been really focusing on like oxygen and breathing. And so I found that when I do the the daily tests with the lumen, it actually accomplishes that where it's like, you're forced to just kind of have those strong breathing in and out almost like a, like a yoga breath. Um, but I love how it measures and then also recommends based off those measurements. So if you could kind of talk about that aspect of it, of it as well, it'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So, so kind of when we, we actually started with, with Lumen, we understood that, you know, people, one of the things that impacts people the most is, is, is nutrition. It's kind of 70% of the equation. And, and a lot of people think that their metabolism is either slow or fast and, and they can't change it. Um, and that, that's actually not true at all. Like your metabolism changes every day. And throughout the day, it really depends, you know, what you eat, how much you sleep, your activity level, and, and there's a lot of other factors as well. Um, and, and what we actually eventually developed is, is this device that you breathe into. It has an app and it actually it measures your metabolism. It tells you if your body's burning fat or carbs. And when you measure in the morning, it kind of gives you a baseline of the day. So you don't need to guess how much carbs did I eat yesterday? Did I have a lot of carbs in that meal from that takeaway um, or not? And did I sleep good? I didn't sleep good. Was I active? You actually wake up and you see your physiology. You're actually seeing where you are. And then what we do is we actually recommend you a nutrition plan for the day in order to reach your goal. So it's kind of the macros and also kind of dish recommendations, but what you should be doing. And if you measure before exercising and after exercising, you can actually see the impact of all those things. And not just that, I don't know if you reached that point yet, but we, we also provide you with a, a metabolic flexibility score. 
It's like how efficient is your metabolism? Um, it's a number between zero to 21. So if you're kind of zero to five, it means that, you know, you're, you're not that healthy. You're not that flexible. It means that if you'll eat carbs, you'll turn them into fat most likely. It means that if you want to lose weight, you need to have a very high caloric deficit. Um, six to 14 is, is healthy. It, it's good. The higher, the better. And kind of above, above 15, you're at your prime. That means that, you know, if, if, if you'll eat carbs, you know how to store them as glycogen in your muscle. It means that your hormones are going to be balanced. It's your leptin, your ghrelin, your hunger hormone are the opposite. It means that your blood sugar levels are going to be good. It means that you won't feel sluggish during that day and, you know, feel that kind of low on energy. You really know how to utilize the fuel and burn fats as well when you need it. And, and I think that's kind of where we all aspire to be. So in just kind of a simple few breaths, you, you wake up in the morning and you can actually see how, how are you doing and what you should be doing today regarding food. So it's kind of the first time you're getting feedback on the food you've eaten a day before, which, which until now you could only guess, or I don't know, you have all these diaries of counting calories and stuff like that. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of the baseline of, of what we did is one is really focus on showing you where you're at and what you should be doing. And second is actually giving you kind of a compass of your metabolic health and, and how to optimize it. Um, and obviously there's different tracks and goals. I'm sure you experienced the beginning, but you kind of choose your track if you want to sustainably lose weight in a way that's healthy, not in a way that 95% of people actually gained the weight they lost. Um, if you want to improve your metabolic health, or even, you know, you just want to improve your, your, your performance, um, you know, as an athlete or sports. Drawer, is that metabolic flexibility score, is it almost uh, a parallel to like your body composition? Does it have anything to do with your muscle composition and how much muscle you have? Um, so no, not, like muscle is definitely a factor in it and your muscle tissue and how much you, you, you have there, but not necessarily, you know, it, it depends on, on a lot of different factors and um, your sleep. There's so many different factors that impact your metabolism. You know, it's, it's circadian rhythm, like seasonality, you know, you work night shift, day shift, um, emotional state uh, for women, monthly cycle. There's so many factors that impact our metabolism. So your flexibility, mostly is impacted by nutrition. I would say 70% of it mm. is impacted by nutrition. So even, you know, if you train a lot and you eat really badly, um, it doesn't mean necessarily that you'll have a good score. Um, you can just, it's just basically how your body reacts to the food and utilizes the fuel in the best way. Um, also your, your mitochondria, that's kind of the power plant in our cells. I'm not sure if you know what exactly that is, but, um, but it could be very efficient or it could be not efficient. And you want it efficient. If it's more efficient, you'll definitely see yourself producing more energy efficiently. Um, so that's also a factor. So you, you, you don't have to be an athlete to have kind of the best you know, score to be super optimized uh, regarding your metabolism. I, had, I recently had a... Uh a new appreciation. I found kind of my second wave of appreciation for physical health. Um, you know, as an athlete early on, you, you want to be healthy and strong because you want to be the best you can be in your competition. Uh, but I was recently reading a book called the 30 lessons on living where they interview kind of elderly couples and, and get what their kind of life lessons were. And I just, I guess I didn't put too much thought into the fact that, you know, here I am, I'm 28 and the life expectancy is, you know, close to, let's just say 90. Uh, I'm only one third through the use of my body and mm. I don't want to, I don't want to get to like 60 and then have 30 more years after that where I have disease and, and illness and, you know, I'm fighting off a bunch of things and I'm, my, my body's not serving me. Um, so what can I do now to maximize 
every year from now until till 90 and it's like i feel like that is such such some so often discounted where it's like oh well you know if i if i don't eat right well i'll just die earlier but a lot of times it's more like the chronic diseases you mentioned diabetes um where it's these really nagging things that that won't kill you early but they'll make they'll make years of your life uh you know just full of suffering and nobody really wants that anyway that's a whole side tangent i would love to kind of geek out about no but um, but i i have to say that you're you're so right and that's one of the things that you know i'm so frustrated in this field and and you know i was i was i was eating really bad if you take me six years ago i had no clue about my body no clue what's going on in it um i always say and laugh it's like we we all care about our health, but we know more about of our car, what's in our car than our own bodies, yeah. um, which, which is funny. And, and that was the same. But what's really frustrating is, is, you know, you look at, at what's going on, especially in the U.S. Like I looked at, at the numbers and, and it just kills me. There's, in the world, there's about 350 million pre-diabetic people. Do you know how many pre-diabetic are in the U.S. alone? Try no, I do. 80 million, I, I think, because I heard you, yeah. I heard you in an interview. So, so exactly. It's, it's, it's 90 million people. It's, it's, it's 90 million people that are pre-diabetic, but 80 million of them don't even know that they're pre-diabetic. Mm. Um, and so they, and you know, why is that? It's because they, they don't go to kind of the doctors or the hospital unless they really have a symptom or an issue that they need to go to. And, and it just feels like, you know, the, the market forces really, you know, they've been shaped to, to really promote bad eating habits and then having expensive medical solutions to try and treat them. And, and nobody focuses on nutrition. You know, I looked and, and maybe you saw this in, in the talk as well, but, but I looked at like the report not so long ago of the, you know, the top 150 digital health companies in the world more than 16 billion dollars was invested in them and how many of them focus on prevention on actually making sure that we don't get sick in the first place and like you said that you you know you'll live your third part of your life really good and happy and 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 and, and, and feeling good with your body and not just your body and mentally as well nobody's focusing on prevention they're all focusing on, on solving medical issues. And how many are focusing on nutrition? Maybe a handful are even looking at it, but not focusing on it. And, and it feels like everybody's looking at the wrong direction. It's like, it's, it's and, and that's, that's one of the biggest things that frustrated me. And, and you know, when we're looking in Lumen, kind of our vision, where do, what do we wanna do? And we do wanna help millions of people that improve the world's metabolic health but what we also want to focus a lot on prevention yeah we want to make sure when you're healthy you'll stay healthy and you'll be optimized and not catch you at the doctors when you need a surgery um yeah and i'm 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 speaking passionately about this because i speak to so many people and i see some of our users and it always frustrates me that it's not their fault it's a lot of it. It's, it's, it's the ecosystem around it and what mm. the, it actually feeds us um, that drives all these kind of lifestyle diseases. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, props to the, the human body on the one hand, because it is able to withstand an enormous, an enormous amount of abuse, uh, mostly in the form of nutrition nowadays, I feel like. But the bad part of that is because it can adapt so well, a lot of times we don't see the, the negative consequences of that until years down the road. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of an interesting balance there. But um, I would love to kind of, you, you kind of were sharing some of the details on, on the numbers behind the problem. If you could just kind of share and indulge me on the mechanism of how this little lumen device works, I'd be um, really appreciative. Yeah, definitely. So, 
So lumen, the main thing we measure at lumen is, is CO2 for your breath. So it's the carbon dioxide um, that your body produces on a cellular level. Um, just to kind of simplify it, the more CO2 your body produces, it means that you're burning more carbs. The less CO2, it means that you're burning more fats. Now, we measure a lot of other things there. You know, there's also temperature and, and other sensors and, and flow. And, and eventually, what we ask you to do and your experiences, you need to inhale a specific amount of air. And that's why we tested your lung capacity. That's how we were able to kind of minimize 45 minutes measurement to just a few breaths. Um, you hold your breath um, and then you exhale. And, and eventually we, we take that measurement and that sample of CO2 with, with other things, put it in our algorithms. And eventually we do understand what your body is currently burning. Um, now you do need to go through a calibration phase at the beginning, which you experience. So we need to get kind of a benchmark of what's your baseline of CO2. Each person has different baseline. And the more you use Lumen, it actually gets even more and more accurate. Um, so you have an, in the app itself, you'll see your breath signature, how much of it is completed. Um, and the system just gets smarter and smarter, even learning you and understanding your behaviors and what impacts you. Um, so we do, we do want to see on one hand, you know, a person usually, we would like to see him burning fat in the morning. That's, that's a healthy thing to have. Usually when you've not, you didn't overeat carbs or you you know, you recovered or you slept enough. Um, it's like we had, you know, we, we have users that don't sleep enough um, and you just see that they're burning a lot of carbs. Usually they're working on body, they're, the fuel they're using is mostly carbs. Um, and it's because usually, for example, cortisol, it's a stress hormone. Um, it just goes skyrocketing up. It's like, it's like your body thinks you're in a cave right now and there's a lion outside and you're, you're actually ready to run from it. So you're kind of, you know, you're, you're, all, you're all the time in the go and, and, and your fight or flight energy is, is glycogen, is carbs in the muscle. So we see that. I actually have to say, even now with all the COVID-19 that's happening around the world, we've even seen a spike in New York. So we, we, see, we, we see a lot of kind of patterns around the world. So today we're, we're the biggest metabolic measurement platform in the world. Um, so just from a few thousand users that we just gave it to, that bought it, we have more than one million metabolic measurement. Um, it's really interesting to see, by the way, and, and Christmas, how it's, you know, a, a morning after Christmas, everybody's waking up, <laughs> burning carbs, uh, and then yeah. it goes back to fat burn, and then New Year's Eve happens, and you see the pattern going on again. Oh, man. Um, and, and now what we saw is a lot of people got into stress because of the COVID-19, especially we saw that, by the way, in New York a few weeks ago. Um, and you can actually see a spike in the patterns. We, we also had a lot of users coming and telling us, hey, you know, I was burning fats in the morning and I, I completely got stressed from the situation and I can see I'm no longer burning fat. They didn't understand why does that happen. Um, so it's fascinating even just, just to see that. Yeah. Um, so listen, we've, we've talked a lot about Lumen and uh, for those who still um, are interested and, and might not understand, there's this device that you breathe into and it actually communicates with an app that then gives you uh, actionable advice and, and insight. And actually Drawer was kind enough um, to offer you uh, a discount. If you go to lumen.me um, and use code redirected25, you can get $25 off. But uh, I appreciate you you indulging me on that drawer. I'm super impressed with this product. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, what your goals are now um, through all of these things you've experienced, uh, through all these mistakes that, that you say you've made. Um, what, what might be next for, for drawer? Um, so everything is nice. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm kind of think like all of us. Uh, you know, I would say that 
the main things that I would like to focus on and I am right now is is one continue continue to grow and and explore kind of new things in the world and also within just personally within myself understanding myself better and um I think life is all about growth and learning. We evolve as human beings and 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 growth is a very big thing for me um second thing is is really I'm looking to optimize my health today all the time um and and I'm just measuring you know I use my lumen obviously and and I look at other different factors that how can I actually improve myself always trying to research I find that. 95% of things out there um, not necessarily are, are right or right for me. So I'm, I'm always kind of researching. And I would say the last thing is just to listen more. Um, listen more if it's to my family and to my kids and Valerie, my, like my, my second half, um, my colleagues or my friends and And I think that's that's something I'm always trying, you know, but listening is not just stopping for me and and hearing them listening is is actually embracing what they have to say and and that's something I'm really working on because sometimes it just doesn't happen you know I sit down and and I talk to somebody, but my mind keeps moving and shifting and thinking um The cogwheels are moving, mm-hmm. and it's not really embracing the other parts, so I think that's that's something I would really really want to kind of emphasize those are really good i I'm not sure how much they overlap with my next question, which are what are what are three things that you've learned in in all of your uh experiences that that you might recommend and advise the audience uh, listening for sure is, is one of those good things maybe they are they are those three things you just said exactly but do you have any extra advice for people who are looking to start something I mean you've you've co-founded several companies now and had uh, immense success but any advice um, so yeah I have I have I would say a couple of things so I have My life mo- like motto splits into two. Um, carpe diem and shit happens. So carpe diem is, you know, like live the moment, live now, don't live the future, don't live the past, live the specific moment. But you have to take into consideration that shit happens along the way that you do not expect it could be heavy or not. So that's kind of a, a motto I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to kind of live by. Um, second thing is I've learned that this is personally and business and on a business perspective, there's usually, there, there's no right or wrong. There's just a different perspective in anything. It doesn't matter what you'll say now um, and you're convinced that there's right or wrong, but there's always a different perspective of a different person. Um, and It's, for me, it's, it's really important to remember that. Even if I come to a discussion with the team or family or friends, um, and I'm sure I'm right, just trying to understand how the other person is looking at it um, solves 90% of the conversation <laughs> and, and how you look at things. And the last thing is I would say, And this is kind of for my stories is always offer chocolate. It always works. <laughs> It's like I, uh, I, I, when I was in New Zealand, I was, I was traveling alone in New Zealand for four months by myself and I was hitchhiking and it was, you know, people were stopping, but not enough. And then I just, I bought some chocolate. I, I took a sign and I wrote, I have chocolate on it. Uh, <laughs> and, and people would stop and say, do you really have chocolate? And I said, yeah, I do have chocolate. And it's, it, it's always fun. It makes always people happy. And even you remember when I, I told you about the first company when we went to that conference in, in San Francisco. So we had this huge sign, me and Daniel, you know, we have chocolate. 
and we brought this huge tons of bags of chocolates and people would just come back by and you know smile and and, and be happy so chocolate works <laughs> i love that it, cer it certainly helps in, in marriages as well i feel like hey listen yeah <laughs> I listen. I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today. Um, I'm really impressed by your story. You have you have plenty of of amazing stories within that, and then also your perspective. I feel like I feel like we could talk um, at length about kind of how you you mentioned mistakes so many different times, and it seems like you have a really healthy perspective on those mistakes, and you're maybe not even uh, afraid to make them. But then also, um, I loved. I loved kind of your insight on the financial freedom that it gave you. And, and that was the only effect that it had in your life. I feel like a lot of people think that, Oh, I make more money and, um, and it'll solve all my problems, but that's really not the case. So um, I, I feel like we have a, a new friendship here and I, I appreciate the time you taking the time um, to, to sit down with me. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Really enjoyed the call. Um, Happy to continue talking on philosophical matters and at a different time, and uh, and continue up it was a great show. I've listened, I've listened to it, and it's really awesome. Like, really, really like the people you're talking to and the vibe. So, I appreciate cool. that, Jor. It means a lot from a guy like yourself. Hope you have a fantastic evening. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. You too. Stay healthy and fit. All righty. Bye.